Welcome to On Course, the teaching ministry of Pastor Hart Ramsey, where we offer simple biblical insight into some of life's most pressing issues. What have I told you that a lot of the pain and difficulty and adversity you're experiencing is simply God aligning your now so you could be prepared for your tomorrow. Prepare for the next few minutes to be encouraged, enlightened, and inspired. Let's join Pastor Ramsey and get on course. How many of you have been a member of this church over five years? Put your hand up over five years. Okay, good. Now, back in, this is 2009, back in 2004, this church went over a thousand members. 2004. Um, what we've seen a lot of since then is a lot of shifting. People coming, people going, and a lot of people haven't left. What they've done is they just stopped attending regularly. So the people I preach to today, how many of you were not here last week? Put your hand up. Or not here, put your hand up. Put up your hand. Don't be ashamed. Now, keep your hand up. I don't want to shame you. It's not for shame. Please keep your hand up. Everybody look around. I want you to see something. Just look at the hand. Don't look at the face. Look at the hands. Okay, put your hand down. On an average in this church, 250 people are not here that's going to be here next week. And 250 people that are here today won't be here next week. But I'm teaching series. And he said, why are you always reviewing? Because you weren't here. You, you see what I'm saying? Now, I want you to be honest. We're being honest. This is just dialogue. Of the people that are here, how many of you from, from just don't feel a part? Come on, be honest. He said, Pastor, I don't always feel a part of it. Sometimes I feel like, like I'm not a part. Put your hand up. Be honest. Thank you so much for your honesty. Keep it up. I'm not going to shame you at all. I promise. God bless you. Now, you know, put your hand down. Now, you know what's amazing about that? Montgomery was almost half the church. Everybody went. When, when the rule of partnership is, if you want, listen, if, you're going to, if, you go, if you want to feel a part, you have to do your part to be a part. Listen, if you want to feel a part, you have to do your part to be a part. Peter, was, Peter did not come the Lord's, become the Lord's partner until he did something. And Jesus did not become Peter's partner until he did something. Partnership says that we are in the habit of working together. It's common among us. So when the Bible says that the sons of Zebedee were, were uh, Peter's partners, it means that previously they had worked together. Now, here's another question. How many of you come here, but you're not involved in any of the ministries at all? Put your hand up real high, real high. Don't, don't be embarrassed. Just put your hand up. Okay. Now, now, I want you, now, for those of you who are not involved, go ahead and put your hands up. I want to show you something. How many people do I have involved in the altar worker ministry? Put your hand up, altar workers. All the altar workers stand, please. All the altar workers stand quickly, real quick. Come on, come on, come on. Real fast, real fast. Okay. So for the, for the hundreds of souls that come through here, these are, let me see, 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, back there too. 15, 16, okay, 17, okay, go ahead, have a seat. So, so for the hundreds of people that come in, and for the thousands of members that we have, we have 17 people that minister to them, and they have to be here all the time or else, okay? How many people do I have in the music ministry? Raise your hand, music ministry, raise your hand. Now watch this, put your hand down, look at me. How many of you believe I'm a man of God? How many of you going to be obedient to the Spirit of God? Watch this. Everybody that's not in the music ministry that can sing, raise your hand. Keep it up. Now, Here's what I want you to do. If your hand is raised and you know somebody who can sing but ain't raising their hand, point at them right now. Keep a hand raised and just point at them. If someone pointed at you, lift your hand. Obey the Lord. If somebody's pointing at you, lift your hand. Now all the people, let me see the hands. Keep your hand up real high. Oh, come on. Put it, I need to see them. I need to see them. 
Okay, put your hands down. You know what that tells me? If you are obedient to the Spirit of God and using your gift in partnership, the choir will double in a day. How many people work with the Helping Hands Ministries? Helping Hands helping hand, people stand. All the Helping Hands people. These are people that help clean the facility. Give them a hand. Thank you so much. Have a seat. How many of you value cleanliness? Put your hand up. You value cleanliness? Put your hand up. Okay, how many of you value cleanliness and you know how to clean? Put your hand up. Of the people, put your hand up. Of all the people that just raised their hand, how many of you are helping the Helping Hands Ministry? One. Put your hand up. Thank you. How many of you know how to park a car? Put your hands down. How many porters do I have in the house? Are the porters in here yet? Where are the porters? All the porters stand. If, the, all the, if you're a porter and you're in here, stand. You, the outside? Okay, I got two in here. Have a seat. How many porters do I have out there? Do we know? Guess uh, ten? About eight? How many, how many people in here, know how to, male and female, know how to park a car? Okay, put your hand down. You say, Pastor, I can't drive, but I know how to, how to point a person to park. Put your hand up. Okay, a combination of the people who can park a car and know how to point a person to park a car. Put your hand up real high. Put your hand down. Of the people that just raised their hand, how many of you are partnering in the, in the port of ministry? Okay, let's go to something else. How many of you realize, how many of you came here and said, oh my God, the potential in this place. Do you know what we could do? Oh, my God. How many of you got something stirring your belly saying, you know what? I just know God has something for me to do here, but I, you're not doing anything. Put your hand up. Put your hand up. up, 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 up. Okay? How many of you are, are humble enough to submit yourself to what I call whatsoever ministry? I mean, whatever you want me to do, the Bible says whatever your hand find to do, do it all your might. You say, Pastor, I'm good. I could, I could get involved. I don't need a title. I just get me involved. Put your hand up. Put your hand down. Of all the people that just raised their hand, how many of you are involved right now in whatsoever ministry? Less than half. Let me tell you, it don't even take a whole message for me to do this. When I go through the scriptures and study partnership, I can tell you things about partnership. You ever heard the term partnership has its privileges? Do you know, they say, they say membership does, but it's really partnership. In the, let me think, I'm going to take you through some scripture. I got to do it. Lord, it's late. I, I got to do it. I got to do it. I got to do it. All right. Go in your Bibles to the book of 2 Peter chapter 1. 2 Peter chapter 1 and verse 4. Glory to God. I'm gonna have, we're going to have four altar calls today. No, seriously. The first altar call is for those that don't know Jesus Christ. When we get to the altar call, we're going to have that. The second altar call will be for those who are backslidden but need to rededicate their life to the Lord. The third altar call will be for those who believe that God has called you to become a member of this church. That's for visitors or people who come but are not members. But the fourth altar call is going to be a different one. This altar call is going to be for those of you who have been given a gift of grace. And you come here and you say, Pastor, you know what? I don't want to be. Matter of fact, let me, let me do this. Before I read this, let me do this. I'm getting ahead of myself. There are three different people, like I said, that come to a church. The first person is a pirate. The pirate comes in flying his black flag. He comes in, pulls his ship up. He gets all your goods, and he leaves you high and dry. He has no relationship, no connection. He just got his stuff. And he, if, when a person has a pirate's mentality, they don't just take from you. They take from anybody. The problem with partnership, I mean with piracy, is it leaves you empty. You have to, you have to live your life on the high seas. 
You're wanted in many states and, and, and counties. Folk know who you are, so you got to live out at sea. It's not the will of God. You got it? Fish live at sea. But the second type of person that, that's in, in the church is the parasite. The difference between a pirate and a parasite is a parasite will come, connect themselves to you, suck all the life out of you, leave you dead, and then walk away and say, you know, that's a dead church. Not telling folk that by your words and by your actions and by your bad attitudes, you killed it. You spoke ill against it. As a matter of fact, the Bible speaks of, or in the book of, I believe it's the book of Numbers, the Bible says that God was angry with the children of Israel because they murmured against him. Now, listen to this. I, I went to look up the word murmur, and when I, when I clicked on the, on my, in my dictionary, my uh, digital dictionary, in the Hebrew, it says the word is loon. L-U-W-N, loon, or, or L-I-Y-N is another pronunciation. And the word loon means to stop. And when you read into, into the dictionary, it says, this is where we get our word hotel from. I said, whoa, 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 wait a minute, wait a minute. I must have clicked on the wrong word. So I backed myself all the way out, and I clicked on the word again. It took me back in, and so I said, let me read the whole dictionary and see what it says. Here's what it says. It says, we got our English word hotel from the, word, from the Hebrew word loon because it means to stay for a period of time in one place. So my question was, how does murmur tie into that? So I kept on reading. And it says what God considers murmuring is when he says something to you about how things really are, but you keep saying what you knew. You won't move from what you knew before. He's telling you how something is, and you say, I don't care what they say. I never get involved. God says that. God calls that murmuring. When it comes out, and Jesus said, for every idle, inoperative word, useless word to come out of your mouth, he said, I am going to judge you for it. When God tells you, when God is speaking to you, saying to you, listen, I set you here as it pleased me. I put you in this church. I set this man over you. He's your pastor. Your members here. A part of your spiritual development is to get involved. Faith without works is dead. If you want, listen, watch this now. If you do have faith that the word is working, the word is getting in your heart, then what's supposed to happen, you're supposed to be working because faith makes people work. It is the work of faith, the labor of love, the waiting of patience. You've got to get involved. Now watch this. Children's church. How many of you in here serve in children's church? Look around, look around, look around, look around. Okay, st- put your hands up. How many of you in here have children? Look around, look around, look around. Put your hands up. How many of you have children but don't serve in children's church? Honestly, honestly, how many of you are so glad when you pull up to children's church on Sunday that you could put them rascals at the car and be free of them for a couple hours? Okay, problem with that though, the problem with that is, watch this now, you don't get any reward on your house for, watch this, imagine your child is a hellion. None of you, somebody else's child is a hellion. They're full of the devil. They're Satan's spawn. You wonder who these people are? You, you, they can't be like, who are they? You think they switch babies at the hospital. And you're just praying, God, do something with my children. And then God gives you an opportunity to go to church and invest in some other children. Watch this now, so that he could count it as a seed to bring a harvest to you. But every time the door opens for you to serve, you say, uh-uh, I just want to get rid of these little brats, babies, kids. You throw them out, and you come over here, and you say that. You fold the word. 
walking back to children's church to get your kids or driving back, burp, burp, you're all full. All full. But you've contributed nothing. The Lord spoke this to me. I, I preached this, this same word last Sunday at Safe Harbor. 85 people answered the fourth invitation. As your pastor, we, we've seen our share of parasites. We've seen our share of pirates. And we have some incredible partners here. But I wonder what would happen if the people that had the skills that they're just sitting on will man up to the task and say, Pastor, put me in the game. Say, God, get me involved. And watch this now. Not coming in with a takeover spirit. But say, I'm here, I'm God's humble servant. Watch this now. I've heard the word of faith. It created a, a drive in me. Now I want to work this thing out. I want to get involved. I want, I want to put my hand to the plow. Direct me. Tell me where to go. Tell me how to get this done. What is your gift? Can anybody, is anybody here that can drive? You can drive a car. Put your hand on. Is there anybody in the building that can drive a car? Okay. Now, how many of you have ever went to the school and said to Ms. Hogan's, I can't drive every day, but I got this particular day off, and at least once or twice a month, I could come drive for you. How many of you have done that? One, two. How many of you can drive again? Put your hand up. Put your hand down. On Sunday morning, how many of you ever came and said, Pastor, Pastor or, or, or Pastor's representative, you know, I know there's people trying to get the church. Do you have a list of people? I want to go get them in my car because God blessed me with a good car. I want to get them. Watch this. Or does the church have a vehicle? I want to drive. How many of you have ever done that? No, 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 no. How many of you can drive? Put your hand down. How many of you were blessed with a good car? Your car ain't good. Does it, drive, does it move? How many, of you, how many of you got a car? Thank the Lord. How many of you believe that if you use your car and sow it as a seed to be used for God, a harvest of a better car can come? Mm -hmm. See, what's happening to us is that we're, getting, we're eating all this spiritual food. We're doing less than half Stay tuned for more of today's teaching with Pastor Art Ramsey. Imagine being filled with a peace so deep that the world around you can't touch it. Pastor Hart Ramsey is on a mission to help believers understand what it means to have a healthy, prayer-based relationship with God. He's doing that through his brand new book titled Seeking Answers, Finding Rest Through Prayer. Prayer at first was a struggle because, you know, it, it really takes faith to pray. You have to, you have to trust that God is like a person, he's a real person, and that he's the one that invented the concept of prayer. In this book, you'll learn how to ensure your relationship with God is based on a new and improved covenant, which dangerous prayer habits to avoid, and what to do when prayer doesn't yield the answers you want. It's time to trust God enough to make your prayer life truly about Him. Yes. Pick up your copy of Seeking Answers, Finding Rest Through Prayer from Hart Ramsey, available now at Amazon, iTunes, and wherever books are sold. Why, yeah. Have you subscribed to Hart Ramsey's Uplift? It's his national text message service where daily you can hear from the heart of God by way of the man of God. 
Pastor Hart Ramsey. To receive this daily encouragement, text the word UPLIFT to the number 334-310-4278. Again, text the word UPLIFT to the number 334-310-4278. Uplift your spirit, encourage your heart, and empower your walk. Subscribe today to Heart Ramsey's Uplift. Stay connected with Pastor Hart Ramsey on social media, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Hart Ramsey. Now let's get back to today's teaching with Pastor Hart Ramsey. And the Bible says, now here's what it tells me. Through faith we understand. So that means if we don't understand, we still ain't got faith. A church is a family of families, we, we're community. I'm, I am God's representative and it's, it's a humbling experience. Among us, we're going to have the weak, those who are given to be blown and tossed by every wind of doctrine, those who are just getting their feet or their footing under them. And, and so we treat the weak with care and, and support. Uh, amongst us, there are what the Bible calls the feeble-minded, people who have been traumatized in life and have seen and been through things that many of us couldn't handle or survive. They're among us. And the Bible says we encourage them. Among us are the strong, those who have walked with the Lord, have fallen, have gotten up. And it's not that we've ceased to fall. It's just we understand the falling process. And we're committed to that no matter what happens come hell or high water, we know how to get up. Among us are the unruly, folk that no matter what I get up here and say, their mentality is I ain't studying him. And he get done, I'm leaving. Every Sunday I tell you, don't leave during the altar, but you're going to leave anyway because that's you, you're just unruly. That's the part of the church family. What the appeal is today is for someone to leave the ranks of the parasitic, leave the ranks of piracy, and join the ranks of partners. Partnering together with God for the benefit of it. You said, Pastor, I thought we were going to have a faith message. This is a faith message. It's saying that faith has to work. Faith has to do something. Amen? You said, Pastor, I'm too old. You think you are? How many of you in this room are over 60? Put your hand up. Don't be ashamed. It's better than the alternative. Oh, wave at me if you're over 60. Okay, put your hands down. Now, how many of you have been through some life and you can share some things? You should pass. I got some. I got some life under the bridge. I can share something. Put your hand up. Let me see you. Okay, put your hand up. How many of you have ever come and say, you know what? Um, is there prison ministry? Is there whatever, whatever type of ministry? How many of you have ever done that, that? That have some things to share. Two, three, four, five. Now let me show you something. We are the most attended African, predominantly African American church in the city. The most attended. People say, well, what about, I thought we were multi We are multiracial, but until multiracists show up, we're predominantly African-American. <laughs> and you can't get mad at that. You know, it's true. I used to have a, a, a wonderful white brother was my assistant pastor years ago in, in, in this church. And, and when the church started to grow predominantly African-American, he left. He was angry. He said, he says, it's not the will of God. Something is wrong. Well, I said, why? He said, the church is growing all black. I said, it's not wrong. It's just that the white sheep ain't reproducing. And I told him, and I said, here's why. Pastor James and I said, I told him, here's why. Because you are ashamed to be among us. That's what I told him. Now, I'm not saying that's the case. Now, I'm just telling you that that's my story. What happens, we are the most 
attended African-American, predominantly African-American church in the city, but we are the worst staffed when it comes to volunteering and just serving freely. We have more areas that need men. You know what? In this church, it's, it's the same as nationally. 80, uh, 20% of the people are doing 80% of the work. While 80% of the people are getting all the benefit and doing nothing. It's not the will of God. And then what happens is, if you keep working, you're going to burn out. And when you burn out, you're going to fall spiritually. And when you fall, the 80% say, we know they weren't spiritual to begin with. When they just did it because they were tired. When you're tired, you make bad decisions. Now, you expected me to come and give you chapter and verse, and I've got so much chapter and verse to give you. In one scripture, in the book of Philemon, or verse, Philemon only has one chapter, verses 17 and 18. Put Philemon uh, 17 up there for me. Philemon is chapter 1, verse 17. Maybe I could get away with this. I don't have to turn in my Bible. Let me see this there. You know that? Paul is writing, watch this now. Paul is writing to Philemon. Let me give you the background of this. Philemon is a friend of Paul's. While Paul goes to jail, Philemon has, has a slave that ran away. His name is Onesimus. Onesimus runs away, and he gets put in prison and just happened to get in the same cell with Paul. So Paul ministers to him, preaches the gospel to him, get the boy saved. But by the time Paul writes this letter to Philemon, Onesimus is on fire for God. And Paul now is asking Philemon, he says, listen, I'm going to send Onesimus back to you when he gets out of jail, but don't you whoop him. He's now your brother in the Lord. And Paul says, as a matter of fact, as I recall, listen to this, when you came to me, you were dead and dying. He said, your life had no hope. I spoke the word of the Lord to you. Jesus saved you. He said, I mentored you till you grew spiritually. He says, and Paul says, now you owe me your life. That's what Paul told Philemon. He went on to say, if thou count me therefore a partner... He said, receive him as you receive me. Go to the next verse. He says, receive him as you, as you receive me. If he hath wronged thee or owed thee anything, put that on my account. Everybody shout this partnership. Paul, Paul partnered with Onesimus. He was already a partner with Philemon. And he says, watch this now. He says, he said, now when I met you, Philemon, you were dead. You had no life. I preached the word. You got life. I already preached the word to Philemon. Now both of you are my partner. I want to put you back together with the partner. But you got to treat him like you would treat me. Partnership has its privileges. Now, I want to see the hands of all the people that came up in here. You said, Pastor, I need that word so bad. And when I came, you just gave, you broke us all. The, I that word is keeping me alive. Let me see your hand. Put your hand down. Okay, good. Put your hand down. Of the people that raise their hand and say the word is keeping them alive, how many of you are serving in the house? Put your hand up. Less than half. And I want to say to you, that if you are a partner with me, then help me with the vision. It's heavy. It's, listen, I'm not commanding you. I'm appealing to you. Help me. I need your help. There's so many things we're doing. Some of you don't tithe. You don't give offerings. And when you do, you treat it as if it's, it's a savings account. No, I'm, I'm going to call it out because it's not, I know that's not your heart, but that's what some of us are doing. Some of us come here, and, and we, we, we come in, and, and the fact that that, that, role, that whole section was filled last week and not filled this week doesn't bother you. Your whole, your, all, your, all your plans is about you. You know, Pastor, we go on vacation. You know, we're not tired of anything, but you know, we schedule. You don't ever think about the whole. 
But here's the difference. I have to continually think about the whole. If I had my way this morning, when I got up at 6.15, man, I felt, an, have you ever woke up and fought, felt another sleep come on? Listen, I, I just woke up to turn over. I opened my eyes and I pulled like this, pulled a cover and I was like, oh boy, it felt so, it felt so right. There's a perfect spot on the pillow. You see, I, I, got, I, got, I got two pillows. Then I have this small little Miami hurricane pillow that I put right here under my neck. And just so happened that this morning when I turned, I turned right on the part. That, oh, it felt, and I was just like, and the Holy Ghost says, you got to get up. I said, no, I'm tired. And my wife goes, all right, you're up. And I'm like, dog, he talked to her. So I had to get up. And I got up, and I'm stomping around in the morning, and the helicopter's going to come, and i got to fly, and I don't even feel conscious. But you know what I know? I had to be here to say what God says. Since if I didn't come, if I didn't go to Montgomery this morning, then someone would not have gotten blessed by the Word and slipped that money in my Bible, and I, and I would not be able to give you what God had for you from before the foundation of the world. Do we understand what God is trying to do? Stop treating your Christianity like religion. And stop being ashamed of the church because it's the church's talk. All of us got issues. Wait a minute. Wait, you know, that's why I don't go over there because they all messed up. Wait a minute. The, says the pot to the kettle. If mirrors could talk. If walls could talk. Children can talk, and they're telling. My mama be cussing me out at home, and she come to church, and she lift her hand, and she praising God. A child said that. We grabbed one of them bad butch, I mean, one of them children. I said, what, why are you cutting the food? You don't know how my parents be acting home. I said, man, you, you, stop judging your parents. I ain't judging them. It's just that you can't be cussing me like that and praising God, too. So don't come in and pretend that well, I, can't be, I can't fellowship here because, you know, there's some there's sin here. You, there's sin in you. That's why we need Jesus. And that's why I need... <laughs> Woo-hoo. Ain't nobody mad but the devil. Now let's see if you're paying attention. Let's see if you're paying attention. If you're mad, raise your hand. Okay. All right. Here's what I want us to do. Matter of fact, I'm going to stop here. I could give you so many more scriptures on this topic of partnership. Connecting together. Koinonia. Do you know the Bible? I've got to give you this one scripture. I've got to do this. Thank you, Holy Spirit. The Lord showed me something on the helicopter that I didn't know before. I want to be honest with you and say that I'm, I'm steady learning. And he showed me something that I thought was very interesting. Do you know that all it takes to become a partner is sacrifice? Look at 1 Corinthians chapter 10. And I want you to go down to, to verse 18. I, I, I got about maybe 20 scriptures, but we don't need 20. We just need the ones I gave you. Is this, is this helping anybody? Can, can I see, I know they're honest and humble people here. Is there anybody here that's here and God has really just grabbed your heart and said, you know what, get involved, get involved? Now let me say something to you. And, and I'm going to say this to the people that are non-African American. You see, you see because you think, you, hear, you see, hear me up here and you, you overlooking my accent. I am Caribbean American. 
Came from a whole different culture. You know what I saw when I came to the States? First of all, I've said this before, I want to say it again. Do you know that in every other part of the world, except maybe the Middle East right now, Americans are considered some of the most intelligent and cultured people in the world? When I was a kid, we had family in New York. And whenever my cousin would come down, Andre was, was way younger than we are, but he knew more. He knew more about everything, but he was younger. And, and he was arrogant, by the way, but, but he would come. But you know, we would, take it, we would take him on the basketball court with us, and we all were good. We were ballers. But my young cousin, when they were picking, they'd pick him. Because I used to ask, how did you learn to dribble the ball like that? I mean, he just was a ball handler. Just from going to Rucker Park in New York and just watching them play. He was exposed to so much more. When I came to the States, I lived in Miami, and the first thing that grabbed me was this division by, uh, of the races by neighborhoods. It's not like that in the islands. And I realized a trick of the devil when I first got saved, it became so obvious to me. Each, each race of American has something in their culture that the other race needs. And out of fear and the deception of superiority and this lie called segregation, the enemy has kept us apart. And so our greatest gifts, we don't share with one another. So, so when, when God speaks to me and says, I'm going to have a multicultural, multiracial, multiethnic church in South Alabama. I want to know who the pastor is going to be. <laughs> because I never saw the prototype of a black leader. I've seen it before. There's always white leadership. We hope you've enjoyed today's teaching courtesy of On Course with Hart Ramsey. We invite you to join the NCC family for our weekly services in Dothan and Montgomery, Alabama and Atlanta, Georgia. For service times and locations, visit our website at nccfamily.org. Again, nccfamily.org. You can follow Pastor Hart on social media at Hart Ramsey on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. And you can follow our church on Twitter at NCC Family, on Instagram at Northview Christian Church, and on Facebook by searching for Northview Christian Church. Be sure to join us next time as we dive into God's Word and get on course with Hart Ramsey.